I don't believe in the world around us. I don't believe in you, I don't believe in me. I don't believe that we come from a god or a deity or a higher power of any sort. I don't believe this is the real world. I believe that in the real world, pharmaceutical mogul Christopher Wallace has developed a drug that is not legal yet, but is still in testing. And this drug, it sends you into a comatose that will last a mere two minutes. But in those two minutes, you will live a lifetime. I believe we are merely an element of the metaphysical. We are all in a coma. And I know this because I remember waking from my last trip. I woke with Wallace staring at me. And he spoke thus. It was all a dream. See, this is the kind of shit that happens when Tavares isn't here to keep me in check, alright? Uh, Tavares has been gone for a couple weeks, so... I'm lonely. Recording. It's day 74 on this island. And here I am coming up with... Stupid fucking stories about Notorious B.I.G. being a pharmaceutical mogul in the real world. Testing a drug on us that... When we wake, he screams in our face, it was all a dream. Because, you know, Biggie, he said that. Yeah, you know, just play the fucking theme song, play it. You have now entered the Penny Bloom Podcast. Hosted by none other than Colton Robinson and Tavares Pennington. I hope you are prepared for a show. Unlike any that you've ever seen before. What's up, everybody? It's Coro Bloom coming at you live. Not really live. This is pre-recorded. This is episode five of the Penny Bloom podcast. It is me, Coro Bloom. As I said before, I'm here alone because Tavares is in North Carolina. He'll be back soon. Don't worry. I might be doing episode six by myself. We haven't really figured it out yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, throughout the episode, though, I will not be alone. I will be joined by Swez local artist who is slowly but truly growing. He's got a good following going, and I respect the hell out of it. And then uh, I'm going to have my homeboy, Timo, on to talk some sports. We got a Stanley Cup final talk, and we got NBA finals talk. It's going to be fun. So it's a good episode. But uh, to start, I just wanted to talk about some of the TV shows that I love that I don't hear nearly enough about anywhere else. And uh, to start, I wanted to go with uh, a Netflix original, Russian Doll. This show is so damn good, alright? It's starring Natasha Lyonne, who was in Orange is the New Black, American Pie, and uh, she was also a co-creator of it with uh, Leslie Headland, who was a writer for Sleeping with Other People, and Amy Poehler, who is famous for being Leslie Nope on Parks and Rec. 
I'll read you the synopsis real quick. A cynical young woman in New York City keeps dying and returning to the party that's being thrown in her honor on that same evening. She tries to find a way out of this strange time loop. And uh, that's a pretty played out story, you know, the idea of dying and waking up at the beginning of the night, like you have to relive it all. But this is a new take on what is a very, very interesting, very interesting story. Uh beautiful dude the uh the undertone the the underlying messages and it all about how you should treat people no matter their circumstances no matter how you know them if you know them always treat people with respect be nice look out for others even if it doesn't stand to benefit you and i think uh overall it's just a great great show natasha leone's an amazing actress dude and uh Amy Poehler. I mean, if you don't if you don't love Amy Poehler, what are you doing? Am I right? Like, I mean, she is always doing shit that's funny. She's original. And you just got to love it, you know? And that's why I loved Russian Doll. So Russian Doll is my first recommendation. Netflix original series, one season, 10 episodes. I knocked it out in one night. Haven't watched it since, so my memory is a little fuzzy of it. Going to have to rewatch it. It's going to be fucking dope. I'm excited. The next show I wanted to talk about is an HBO series called Barry. I actually have not finished Barry all the way through. It's only got two seasons right now. Um, it stars Bill Hader, who, if you are unfamiliar with Bill Hader, was a series regular on SNL. And he was also in The Skeleton Twins, Inside Out. He's been in so many things, dude. This man's fucking hilarious. A comedy genius. Far and away Amazing. Um, he created it, Bill Hader, alongside Alec Berg, who was a writer for Seinfeld, one of the all-time great television comedies there is. They created it together. So you got these two amazing comedic minds coming together to create something that is extremely original. Let me uh, give you the synopsis real quick. Disillusioned at the thought of taking down another mark, depressed, low-level hitman Barry Berkman seeks a way out. When the Midwesterner reluctantly travels to Los Angeles to execute a hit on an actor who is betting a mobster's wife, little does Barry know that the City of Angels may be his sanctuary. He follows his target into acting class and ends up instantly drawn to the community of eager hopefuls, especially dedicated student Sally, who becomes the object of his affection. While Barry wants to start a new life as an actor, his handler, Fuchs, has, an, has another idea, and the hitman's criminal past won't let him walk away so easily. If you pitch me this idea about a hit ma- a depressed hitman pursuing a career as an actor, I would tell you that it's probably not going to work. <laughs> but if you tell me that Bill Hader is going to be that hitman, and you tell me Alec Berg is going to help in creating it, and you're going to tell me Hiro Murai is going to be directing a lot of the episodes, if you're unfamiliar with Hiro Murai, I know you've seen some of his work, he... Uh, He's the director of Atlanta most of the time. He uh, he directed Donald Glover's film Guava Island, and he directed his music video This Is America. So this man, he is a powerful, powerful director, and you got to know it's going to be awesome if he's working on it. It's a very uh, the show is it has an extremely dark and uh, sophisticated humor, not sophisticated but mature humor, like uh. You won't get it if, uh, 
I shouldn't say that because I get it. But like, you'll understand it better if you're older. Not older, but like 30s is probably the best time to watch it. But I'm watching it right now and I fucking love it. The humor is amazing. It's smart humor. That's probably the best way to describe it. Not really mature, but smart humor. This shit is hilarious. And like I said earlier, Bill Hader is a comedic genius. So if there's anything involving him, you got to check it out. My next one is another HBO series. Not exactly one that I don't hear enough about, but one that I still don't really know anybody besides my dad who's watched it. And it's uh, Westworld. Westworld is fucking mind-blowing, all right? Tavares is working on watching it right now, so we're going to have a big old breakdown before Season 3 comes out. But, dude, Westworld goes crazy. Often produced by J.J. Abrams, who is the producer of Star Wars. It stars uh, James Marsden, who is in X-Men, Enchanted, The Notebook. He's been in so many things. Great actor. Anthony Hopkins, who was Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Luke Hemsworth, brother to Chris and uh, the other one, what's the other one? I don't know, fuck it. It'll come back to me at some point. And then uh, it also stars Jimmy Simpson. If you're unfamiliar with Jimmy Simpson, I promise you've probably seen him in something. He is a character actor who doesn't get nearly enough credit. This man is an amazing actor, and he's been in so much stuff. And he never gets the shine he deserves. So I feel like Jimmy Simpson, give him a look. And watch some of his movies, his shows. He is an amazing actor. Uh, he was in USS Callister, that episode of Black Mirror, which he delivers like one of my my favorite like monologues there at the end. He's like, I was going to tell you, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. And I was going to tell you that I, I want to work on it. I want to get better. But then you sucked my son out into the vacuum of space, so fuck you to death. And then he dies. It's fucking amazing. Sorry if I just spoiled it for you. Jeffrey Wright is also in it, and uh, how I know Jeffrey Wright, I've known him from other things, but the main thing I know Jeffrey Wright from is another show that we have later on this list, it's BoJack Horseman, he plays Mr. Cuddly Whiskers, and it is fucking amazing hearing him talk every time, because all I can think about is this giant hamster who has a really deep voice and kind of talks like this, it's hilarious, but he's an amazing actor, and it also has Ed Harris who is one of my favorite characters in the TV show, but Ed Harris was, uh, he played the main antagonist of the Truman Show. He was the producer, the director of the entire show. He was overseeing all the operations. So he plays a pretty good cynical character in Westworld, similar to that of the Truman Show. And, dude, the way the show comes together is crazy. It is a complete and utter mindfuck. Like I said, you, uh, especially season two. Season one is a lot more enthralling. You're really into it. I actually just finished watching seasons one and two, so I'm. it's pretty fresh in my head. But uh, season one in particular was amazing. The last three episodes are constantly just jaw to the floor. You want more. You want to see what's going to happen. And then season two is confusing. You have to pay attention to the show like 100% of the time. This is not one that you can just like chill out on your phone while it's playing. No, you got to watch this shit. All right. I mean, like season two, it's a, uh, it's seen, it feels like it's all over the place and you'll get what I'm saying, but like it, it still keeps you entertained. It still keeps you, it keeps you questioning what's going to happen. And that's ultimately what will 
get you through the second season is like, oh my God, what, what the hell could they possibly do with this? And for many, it's not a good season of television. And I understand that take. I definitely do. But I enjoyed it a lot. And if you, uh, if you just put the effort in to try and understand everything that they're talking about and you, you take in everything that the show's giving you, everything about it is just great. Let me read you the synopsis. Westworld isn't your typical amusement park. Intended for rich vacationers, the futuristic park, which is looked after by robotic hosts, allows its visitors to live out their fantasies through artificial consciousness. No matter how illicit the fantasy may be, there are no consequences for the park's guests, allowing for any wish to be indulged. And uh, any wish is fucking indulged. This shit can be pretty gruesome. They, uh, there's a lot of murder, a lot of, uh, lot of sex, a lot of unconsensual sex. Fuck you. Um, but, dude... The show is amazing. I can't I can't get over it, dude. I can't wait for season three. Aaron Paul is going to be in it. I don't know if you saw the trailer. Aaron Paul, also a part of a show that I'm going to talk about later, Bojack Horseman. And it is... I'm so excited for season three, man. It also goes hard at a theme that, like, we don't really have free will, even as humans. Um, you just have to watch to understand what I'm saying there, like... Obviously, there's a lot of robots involved, and they're supposed to not have free will, and they tie that in with the humans, too. It's it's pretty awesome. The next show is the one I've mentioned already a couple times, BoJack Horseman. Now, I don't know. Like, it keeps getting confirmed for more and more seasons, so I know people are watching it, which is which I'm happy about, but like, I never hear anything about it. Every time people talk about like the great animated comedies... I hear, you know, I hear the basics. I hear Family Guy, Simpsons. I hear uh, Rick and Morty a lot, South Park. Uh, but one that I feel deserves to be up there is BoJack Horseman, for sure. It stars uh, Will Arnett as the voice of BoJack, who was in Arrested Development along with so many other things. It also has uh, Aaron Paul, who was uh, Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. One of the one of my favorite actors, frankly, I love that guy, and he plays probably my favorite character in the show, Todd Chavez, who is just a goofy ass dude who kind of huh, talks like this, and he just he doesn't take anything very seriously until he does, you know. And that's what's pretty awesome about it is they show you all like all sides of these characters, and I love that. It also has Allison Brie, who is in Glow. She's been in a ton of stuff. She's also an amazing com- amazing comedian. Uh. Uh, it's similar to Barry and it's comedy because it is pretty dark. It's sad, really. Like the show makes me, it brings me down a little bit, but there are, there's enough redeeming qualities for me to keep watching it over and over. Um, I'll read you the synopsis. Bojack Horseman was the star of the hit TV show Horsin' Around in the 90s. Now he's washed up, living in Hollywood, complaining about everything, and wearing colorful sweaters. <laughs> uh, this show, I, Horsin' Around, the way they put it is basically Horsin' Around is full house of their universe because they're ha- they they reference it all the time. Their house has two staircases, one in the living room, one in the kitchen, like in full house, and they talk about it sometimes. And it's it's pretty obvious that they're trying to go out, go out full house a little bit with the cheesy 90s family sitcom type thing. But... uh. It's hilarious. 
and like I said earlier, it's similar to Barry with its comedy. It's dark. It's sad. And what I think they do a really great job of is portraying uh, uh, depression and addiction and anxiety really accurately. They uh, they show how an individual can struggle so much with it. And one thing that they also touch on a lot is how oneself can be one's biggest enemy. They're every one of the main characters in the show, I'd say it's Bojack, uh, Todd, Diane, Mr. Peanut Butter, and Princess Carolyn. All of them are always facing some sort of adversity, and it's always coming from some place that's kind of within them. Like, Bojack is an asshole, and he's an asshole because of just... He's an asshole because that's the way he is. I know. <laughs> he's, like, he... He's, an, he's a junkie, he's an alcoholic, and all these things have fed into him becoming resentful of everybody all the time, and it's just, he's a really tortured character. And he's tortured by himself, which is one of the saddest things about the show. Um, Princess Carolyn, she's uh, really invested in her work. She doesn't allow herself to really open up outside of work, you know really invested in her job so it's prevented her from having a lot of other life experiences which is the internal struggle she faces um todd todd has a lot of issues with self-confidence because bojack was always tearing him down uh but todd has shown time and again that he actually has a certain amount of competency and he is definitely capable of doing some good things so todd's internal struggle is just he has to get past his lack of self-confidence and then uh diane and mr peanut butter their their storyline's really good i won't really get into it just out of not spoiling the show but both of them face their own internal struggles and it is it's probably my favorite animated show i know we talk about rick and morty on here and we're going to be talking about rick and morty quite a bit but bojack horseman's probably my favorite animated comedy that there's ever been one of my favorite shows Really. I mean, the writing is amazing. Everything about it is just astounding. The uh, last show for this little segment that I'm going to go into is uh, Killing Eve. I actually haven't caught up with this. It's a show on AMC or uh, BBC America, too, is what it's on. Uh, But I haven't caught up with it completely. I'm not finished with season two. But I know that season one was one of the best pieces of television that I have ever witnessed, dude. It's got a it stars Sandra O oh as Eve. And uh Sandra O oh was in Grey's Anatomy. She played uh Dr. Christina Yang. I think that was her name. Yeah it was. Uh and Sandra O oh just deserves all the awards, all the Emmys, all of them. Give them to her. She deserves them. She is one of the best actresses, like, ever, in my opinion. And she does a great job of portraying this kind of sadistic, bored, extremely smart detective type. And uh, she's uh, on a path to find Villanelle, by the way, one of the dopest names in television history. It's based off of books The the show Killing Eve is based off of books. So they didn't come up with the 
plot, but they've adapted it in, onto screen amazingly. Uh, Jodie Comer stars as Villanelle, and uh, I'll I'll read you this read you this synopsis right quick. Eve is a bored, whip-smart security services operative whose desk-bound job doesn't fulfill her fantasies of being a spy. Villanelle is a talented killer who clings to the luxuries her violent job affords her. These two fierce women, equally obsessed with each other, will go head-to-head in an epic game of cat and mouse, topping the typical or toppling the typical spy action thriller. And like, it sounds like it sounds pretty basic. You got a uh, you got a Russian spy. And you've got, or you got a Russian hitman, or hit woman, I should say, and she's in a just kind of a spy chase thriller. But it's a lot more than that. the uh, The dynamic between Eve and Villanelle is one of my favorites, probably my favorite duo of any two characters on television. Um, they have a real like chemistry, like it seems. There's so many times that you are certain that there's like this certain heat, like they're definitely it's it's a little sexy sexy type thing they got going on. They're down for each other, but like it's a lot more than that too. Like they hate each other, but they love each other. But but they're but they're both weird as shit, so it doesn't work and it's weird. Like I've never enjoyed a more terrible person than Villanelle. Like, she is a straight-up psychopath, but I would absolutely just let her stab me in the leg with a fork because it's Villanelle. <laughs> this woman is astounding. Jodie Comer is an amazing actress, and again, she deserves all of the Emmys as well. She's a newer actress than uh, Sandra Oh, at least as far as I'm concerned. I haven't seen her in, a, haven't seen her in anything, really. But... Killing Eve, if you have not watched Killing Eve, definitely do so because it is worth your time. Next segment. I am here in the studio, which is just my bedroom with a microphone, with a local artist, Growing Swez. Hi, man. What's up? How you doing? Pretty good, man. Glad to be here, for real, for real. Thanks for coming through, man. It means a lot. Uh, Here on the uh, Penny Boom podcast, we like to support our local artists. We plan on having plenty of people coming through and doing this, and Swez is a really good start here, we think. He's really grown into a great artist, I think. Uh, the bop tape was fucking fire. I liked it a lot. Yeah, that shit go crazy. Yeah. I love the bop tape, man. Bop. <laughs> how, long you, uh, how long you been making music? Damn, man. Uh, I think when I first started was like junior year. We was... Uh, we was just rapping in my producer's my producer's basement right now. His name is Dorian. Um, he had just got a mic. He downloaded his program. We just started making music just for messing around. Yeah, kind of just it, took off from there. That's how it goes. Uh, what made you want to get into it? Was it just kind of like spur of the moment you just decided to fuck with it? Nah, yeah. At first, it was kind of just like a funny thing. I always been a funny guy, and then I just released a song, and then people was like. Yeah, yeah, we kind of we kind of like that it's, shit. It's kind of hard. Ain't, yeah. <laughs> I ain't taking shit serious until I was like, it's probably seventeen when I really started getting in the studio with some other artists, saw what mm-hmm. they was doing, and then I realized like shit. Yeah, I'm about to start really yeah, taking you can, it serious. You can hear that in your music too. You can hear the the difference in when you decided to start taking it serious too. Because at, at first I was back, I was just fucking with you because like I knew you. You were my boy. You were yeah, going to yeah, South. We were growing we, up. We, yeah, we grew up together. Like, so I was gonna support you no matter what. 
then you then you grew into this artist and now I'm fucking with you because you nice as fuck with it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you had to evolve. You was talking about that in your other podcast, yeah. man. You just got it. It's an it's an, it's it's transition. an evolution. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, who would you say is your biggest artistic influence? It's gotta be this dude named Sway Major. Uh I got in the studio with him countless times. He used to just be we used to be in his bedroom and like he would record off a sock mic and record some hits, but he showed me like what hard work was. Yeah. And like I, sh- I watched him, he he was the biggest influence. That's pretty dope. Uh what's your favorite song that you have been able to make? Berserk. For that sure. shit's hard. That's my favorite of yours too. <laughs> it's on the first song on a Bob tape. Uh Dorian me we and Dorian was over at at uh the RLD crib and we were and he had just made this melody and when he made the melody I was I just started hard, dude. <laughs> as I soon as he made so it, heavy. That's all I needed to hear before he even added the drums. We came mm-hmm. up with a course, we recorded that shit like one take and then it was uh, the best song on the tape probably. I tend to agree. That shit's nice. It goes hard. Uh what's your ultimate goal on this music shit? Ultimate goal, like I think my ultimate goal is to uh it's probably get a sound for the Midwest. Like when when you think of Midwest artists, you can't really think of a sound. Yeah. When when you can think of West Coast, you can think of you know heavy drums. You got that little bit of a jazzier vibe. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays, yeah, nowadays it's, it's, the jazzy comes in, and then you know what the East Coast sound like. Even Texas got their own sound. Yeah. East Coast got the boom bap. All of the South really has a similar sound. You got Texas, Louisiana, all through there. They all got a pretty similar sound. Yeah. So I guess just put my city on the map really <laughs> you know put a sound on that, make someone hot like hear a sound yeah I mean we got Tech 9 but that ain't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was a phase like maybe my 7th grade year yeah me too he had a he had a all 6's oh, and 7's I think and it was like worldwide choppers and shit <laughs> so, <laughs> and that feats, was all the feats <laughs> holy shit man <laughs> so uh off the top of your head who's your favorite artist right now favorite artist right now Oh my goodness, that's so hard. Ray Money. Ray Money? <laughs> Ray Money, you know what it is? Yeah, I've, I've heard of him a little bit. Yeah, he is. He go crazy. I like the way he, he hop on a beat. He changed it. I feel <laughs> like, like I not feel many you. artists change a beat, but yeah. he changed it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, when can we expect some new music, you think? Oh, man. That's such a hard question. I got so much shit written. Um, you can probably expect new music coming this month. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, what's your uh, what's your writing process like? Writing process, it all depends. So I get all my beats from Dorian. Yeah. I get a few other beats from from other producers, I guess. But when Dorian send me a beat, I just tell I just tell him to send me the melody at first. Mm-hmm. And then once you hear that melody, I don't even want to hear how it comes in. You might fuck up. You might mess up your writing. You just hear the melody. I don't know. You catch it in your head. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Uh, what would you say has been your favorite project of 2019 to release? Bob, the Bob Tape, the man. Bob tape. The you gotta, you gotta, Bob tape, you gotta man. promote your own shit. Let's get I feel you. Shit, man. The I Bob feel Tape. You. The Bob Tape was the story of heartbreak. I ain't never wrote no shit like that. Like, I never yeah, had to really can, relate. I've mm-hmm. been trying to expand myself. Not just be someone that sounds good, but you can feel that shit. Yeah. Be a storyteller. Tell something. Storytelling. That's all. That's my favorite part of any music, really. And I have definitely been. I definitely got that out of the Bob tape for sure. And that's when that was when you dropped the Bob tape. That's when I was really like, okay, 
Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's going, going places. He's going places with this shit. Yeah, we got that shit on all platforms. We got the Berserk video coming soon, too. Oh, yeah? We're getting that funded right now. It's fucking dope. <laughs> I'm going to get some visuals to it. Love the visuals. Uh, man. So, you said your favorite song that you got on the Bob tape and your favorite song so far has been Berserk. Can we get into uh, what you were thinking about, what you what you were writing about in that song? Yeah, for sure. Berserk was a hurt song. I, Berserk came on me out of nowhere. I didn't really expect to lay down something like that when I heard the beat. I was expecting to go more up-tempo, but I had had this little shorty. See, I really broke my heart. And then after my, my brody had died, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't. You don't know what to do in those situations. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to sit up and cry. Sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. I didn't make that decision. I went to the studio and... That's when I started cooking and really just wrote down exactly what I felt. And yeah, I think you can hear that in there. You definitely can. I can definitely feel the the hurt in the a few of the different parts. Like, that don't work. I, should, <laughs> I was like, damn, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, and uh, so you said, is it cool if we talk a little bit more about uh, J-Lock? And yeah, for sure, man. So uh, what what sort of impact has he had on your you becoming the artist you are? Yeah, he pushed me. It's it's crazy to think that I couldn't do this with him, and so now it feels like I got to do it for him. It's just right. it's a push. It made me want to go harder, and I not just that. him. To my brody Kobe too, both of them. Both of them. I respect that dude. And uh, what about some other songs that you have? Are there any other ones that you feel like really stand out in terms of the meaning of meaning behind them? Yeah, there is a song on the bot tape. It's called "Change for What." Um, there was a time. Not too long ago, actually, that all of my boys had just thought that I wasn't solid. They just weren't fucking with me. They thought I was doing my own thing because I was over here and I was in the studio and I was working. I was getting my bread, you know? And they and they thought that I had changed. And yeah. so when I released that shit, it's like, why you changed on me? Why you changed on Sweats? Yeah. And now yeah. I'm moving strange. But, like, I wasn't. Yeah. So it was, like, it was different. It's like, it was why like you looking at me message. different when I'm just trying to, I'm trying to better myself and in doing that. I'm a, I'm a better all you around me too. You ain't got to change on me like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was it was almost like it was almost like an apology to the bros. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't want y'all to think that, so I'd write yeah, a song about it. I feel it. you. I feel you. That's dope. I'm sure they they would appreciate that greatly. <laughs> yeah, they fucking with it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they fuck they fucking with me now for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they fuck with a bot tape, man. Any others you got in mind? Bro, we could go through every one. I mean, on me, the interlude, probably the most slept on song on the tape. I liked on me 2.0, the single you dropped a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was a that little was bit a, after. That shit was nice. I liked that a lot. Yeah, that that was a like just a little throwaway that we had. We was finna put it on a bot tape, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to release it later. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, are there any uh, other collaborators besides Dorian here in the Kansas City area that you uh, that you're fucking with, Heavy? Yeah, for sure. I got this uh, this beat maker. His name is Azure. Uh, for sure. He goes crazy. There, there's an artist. His name is Sean Ann. He go nuts. You got Zeph France. There's so much talent in the city. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like it's crazy. Like I know you you'll find these like these uh in almost every city you'll find the SoundCloud rapper population is pretty high. But I feel like here in our town, it's actually like a pretty high concentration of talent, which you don't get a lot. Yeah, it's it's rare. Sure. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I remember Q Hill. 
Oh, man was nice as fuck with it. Yeah, dude, these are just SoundCloud rappers, but nowadays it's like, shit, people are going to release shit on all platforms. All platforms. And shit just go, and it's like, damn, like you can tell these people have talent, they put a time in it. Yeah, we're put, it's crazy. putting work into it, you know? And that's that's really what separates good artists from great artists, is like, good artists, you hear the sound, you feel the vibe, but great artists, you can tell they put that work in. Yeah, there's an extra they put push. put the work in to do, to do something better, to better themselves every time they hop on the mic. And I think that's important. And uh, I think you're certainly showing that you, you've done that. You're maturing. You're getting better at this shit. And I think that's dope. Yeah, but we just getting older. Shit getting more real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff to talk about. I can't wait to release some new shit. Oh, yeah? Well, you give us any insight on what the new shit's going to be about? Or is it like trying to keep that under wraps a little bit? Man, I gotta keep it a little. Gotta keep it a little, a little low key. Rap. Yeah, I get you. I get you. But I definitely got some summer vibes coming. Summer vibes. All right. I got some. I got something for the parties. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see you. Man. Well, again, it's been fun. I don't have. A, I don't have any more questions. You got anything else you want to talk about? Nah, man. Just appreciate you. Appreciate the Benny Bloom, man. No Tap problem. in. Go follow on the Twitter, man. Yep. At Penny Bloom Podcast. Follow uh, Swez here. Swez official. Swez official on Twitter. She loves Swez on Instagram. Jared Suarez 15 on the Snapchat. Let's get it. <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming through. Thanks, bro. No problem, bud. And now I'm going to be talking about the uh, the NBA a little bit. You know, I love basketball. I love the NBA. I was never very good at it. I always played football and baseball. But the NBA, ever since I was little, has always been what I was drawn to, you know. And uh, the season wrapped up with the Raptors taking home their first title in history. We'll be talking about that more in a little bit. But uh, I wanted to visit my top five moments from the season because this was a fun year of the NBA. So many amazing things happened. And I'm going to start with uh, D. Rose's 50-point game. I enjoy seeing D. Rose win, you know. After everything, after all those injuries, to come back and rise to the occasion in that way, get a game-winning block, a 50-point performance, it's amazing. I loved seeing him do that. I mean, when he was crying after the game, you felt that emotion. Like, this was a guy who could have, who really could have been the greatest point guard of all time if it wasn't for injuries. He was the youngest MVP in history. He was on a path that was going to make him one of the greatest. And it all came crashing down with his knees. The man deserved that 50-point game as a basketball player. And that game-winning block was clutch as fuck, too. I mean, and then the way his teammates rushed him, they hyped him up, the way D-Rose was crying, bro, that made, that made, that, that hit my heart, you know? I felt that. I loved it. I loved seeing him. Just show how much he loved that, how much he loves this game, how much he loves basketball, and it was it was just awesome to see. Uh, my next one, my next moment. These are in no particular order, by the way. Was a D Wade's game winner versus the Warriors. D Wade is Dwayne Wade is my all time favorite basketball player. I've loved him since I was little. I remember I was like five. I had a D Wade jersey, and I've been fo- I've followed the Heat ever since, or wherever D Wade was. I'm not really a team fan. I'm more of a player fan. I, I liked the Spurs because I loved Tim Duncan. I always liked. Uh, I've always liked the Heat because of D Wade. Um, I liked the Spurs 
because of Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard. And then I followed Kawhi to the Toronto Raptors, which I was very happy about, obviously. There's just so many greats. I love the Nuggets because of Carmelo Anthony. And then I wasn't really a Knicks fan, but I was still a Melo fan. But anyway, (laughs) off topic there. D. Wade's game winner in Miami. With time winding down, Miami down by two. D-Wade kicks it to Dion Waiters. Waiters passes it back. Wade puts up a shot, gets blocked, puts up another shot, gets blocked, and then off one leg, he heaves it from the three-point line and banks it in as time expires. Oh, and the excitement of that team just rushing D-Wade and him running around the court and hopping up on that table and pounding his chest because this was his city, you know? This was Wade County. He did that shit, bro. I love D-Wade so much, man. I loved his send-off tour, too. I, I, I've i always enjoyed the send-off tours. I think they're like the farewell tours that players retiring get like Dirks this year. And there have been a lot of... There's been a lot of hate directed towards those. And I don't really understand it. I think all these guys deserved that kind of send-off. You know, like Kobe's farewell tour was awesome. Uh, Derek Jeter in baseball, I loved his send-off tour. I mean, there was just so many... Like, that's just the time to celebrate the greats, you know? And I, I don't think the the farewell tours deserve the hate that they get. I mean, and outside of basketball, D-Wade is just one of my one of my favorites. He, like, just an all-around amazing person. His support of the victims of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas high school shooting was amazing. He, uh... Actually, he surprised them at their graduation this year, just a couple weeks ago, with a uh, with a speech. And uh, if you, I don't know if anybody ever heard this, if any of you ever heard the story, but a uh, student, Joaquin Oliver, was one of the victims who died in that shooting, and he was a uh, huge Dwayne Wade fan, so much so that he was uh, actually buried in Dwayne Wade's jersey. And when this got to Dwayne Wade, he was obviously very humbled and very happy to have been honored like that to have been viewed as a hero in the eyes of this this kid who was cut down way too early um he had to he uh Dwayne Wade had this to say thank you for reminding me of my purpose i'll try to continue to be a leader and the fighter that Joaquin Oliver thought i was What I loved the most and appreciated the most was that you all became advocates. You became the faces and the voices for kids all around the world. I'm so proud to say the words MSD strong. And I'm getting a little emotional talking about it right now. I mean, just a class act, Dwayne Wade, through and through. I I love that dude. Hate to see him retire, but, you know, all good things must come to an end. Love D-Wade. Next up, I got a Russ's 2020-20 game in honor of Nipsey Hussle. Uh, on March 31st, Nipsey Hussle was struck down, shot outside of his uh, clothing store in Los Angeles. And uh, a couple days later, Russ drops 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 20 assists. He said, that's not for me. That was for my bro. That was for Nipsey. 20 plus 20 plus 20. And for anybody who doesn't get that, 
Nip was affiliated with the Roland 60s Crips. So, 20 plus 20 plus 20 equals 60. And that shit, that was awesome too. Another thing that kind of brought tears to my eyes. Those those first three are definitely tear jerkers for me, big time. And And strictly from a basketball perspective, to get 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 20 assists is fucking absurd. The last time that was done was Wilt Chamberlain, and that's the only time it was ever done before Russell Westbrook did it. Wilt fucking Chamberlain. This dude was running the league just because he could. He was putting up 100 points, putting up these huge numbers, and he put up 20, 20, 20 once. He put up 20, 20, 20 once. And Russell Westbrook did it now in 2019. That's fucking crazy. My uh, my little brother is actually a huge Russell Westbrook fan. And I, I always have been a pre- pretty big Westbrook fan too. I love the Thunder because they're the closest to Kansas City. So I've been to a Thunder game. It was awesome to see KD and Russ play back when they were still together. And then... uh. And I've always just loved the fiery nature of Russell Westbrook, but it certainly can bite him in the fucking ass. And here is an example. My fourth thing on this list was Dame sending Oklahoma City home. As a Thunder fan, I wasn't too hurt by this, which is hilarious because the Thunder was definitely the bad guys of the series. They had Russell Westbrook talking all the shit. Everybody was just talking all the shit. I mean, and Dame is really good about staying silent and fucking you up with his game, you know? And he did that. He really did that. The The rivalry between the Blazers and the Thunder was a really exciting one this year. It's what made them, like, my favorite playoff matchup. And uh, <laughs> Russ talking all that shit, talking about how he was cradling him in the paint and stuff. And Dame called game. Over a defensive player of the year candidate in Paul George on a step back at the logo. Which he didn't have to take. This man had six seconds left. He was dribbling at half court. Taking his sweet ass time. He hits that step back. Heaves it over Paul George. And it fucking sinks. Bro. This shit was crazy. Truly an all time Damian Lillard's one of the clutchest in the game, but that was an all-time moment in basketball ever for me. Like, that was insane. Insane. This last one, the most relevant, most recent, Kawhi Leonard bringing the ship to Toronto. I want chips with my dip, right? Drake said it. Drake said that shit. I want chips with my dip. Also, kind of fuck Drake, for all of this shit with the finals, like this ain't your team. I know you support you support the Raptors through and through, and I love that. I love that. I loved him on the sidelines and stuff. Uh, but man, nah, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I actually, I'm kind of down with it now that I'm thinking about it. You know, ride for your team. Do it. <laughs> and I don't care who you are. You have to love Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is. Just the silent assassin, the king in the north, just all around. Probably the most lovable athlete of all time, simply because he doesn't say shit, you know? He's just honest. Like, when they were like, so, uh, Kawhi, what's a, what's a finals championship going to mean to the uh, 
the uh, citizens of Canada. And he just said, he was like, man, I don't know. You're going to have to ask one of them. <laughs> he didn't laugh like that. He just went, you're going to have to ask one of them, which is fucking amazing. Because like, how the fuck would he know? You know, he's not Canadian. He's only been in Toronto for one year. And how are you going to expect a good answer on that question from Kawhi Leonard? And honestly, that was the best answer. That was the best answer there possibly could have been to that question. Because Kawhi Leonard is the fucking best. But uh, post-game, after he won finals MVP, after the Raps got their, got their chip, and they were in the locker room and he was celebrating and shit, he was smiling, pouring champagne in his mouth. Kawhi really is a fun guy. He told us. He told us before the season started. He said, I'm a fun guy. And all of us were like, no, you're not, Kawhi. Have you ever heard you speak? Turns out, he's a pretty fun fucking dude if you know him. And you gotta love that. You gotta love that he's not letting all, letting all the shine and the glamour get to him. He's still just him. Staying him through and through. And frankly, I want to be friends with Kawhi Leonard. I mean... I'm so comfortable just sitting in silence with him. I don't give a fuck. Let's just sit there, bro. You know, like, and that reminds me of the Kawhi and Clay. Kawhi and Clay Thompson being, like, really good friends. After uh, after Kawhi, uh, Clay went out with his ACL injury, Kawhi said that he wasn't even really focused on the game after that. He was more worried about his friend. And, frankly, I bet Kawhi and Clay Thompson have the best friendship that exists. I mean, both of them, I mean, Clay can talk some shit, you know, but he's also, he doesn't talk a lot of shit. He's, he's pretty similar to Kawhi in that he lets his game do a lot of the talking. And I just want to like have like a TV show called like Kawhi and Clay where they just, they just sit on a couch and silence. And every once in a while they just like look at each other and they're like, so what's up? Oh, you know, I'm dope. And, like, that's it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it every week. Because that's how fucking awesome Kawhi Leonard is. God, I love Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, man, now that I'm talking, I want to talk about my favorite basketball players, just ever. And Kawhi Leonard worked his way up there for me after he won finals MVP. And uh, if if you're unfamiliar with me, I'm definitely a bandwagon for players. And I'll I'll definitely admit to that. There are only a few guys that I've been riding for since since I was little. Like, I love Carmelo Anthony. He's never really done anything, but I love Carmelo Anthony. I've loved him since he was on the Nuggets. Um, trying to think of some others. I loved Kevin Garnett before he was uh, before he was on the Celtics. And then he went to the Celtics and got that chip, and I was like, hey, I've been riding for him from the beginning, so that's pretty dope. I liked that. Man, if you look at my Twitter, you'd think I'm a LeBron stan. And it's not that I, like, I wouldn't even list LeBron in, like, my top five favorites of all time. But the reason I root for LeBron so hard is because I want people to, I want everyone to recognize that he's definitely the greatest basketball player that's ever existed. And I don't, I don't see a lot of debate there. I understand, I understand it, you know. I get, I get Michael Jordan. I even get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is unbelievable, dude. And we'll, we'll talk more about KD and the finals with uh, my boy Trenton here in a little bit. But, uh, dude, just LeBron James, you can't I, put him in any era 
any era of the NBA and he's going to he's going to wreck shit, you know. And I think that's all you have to really look at. I know Michael Jordan would fare really well now. I think he would. I think he'd definitely be a top-tier player. But I don't think he's touching Braun and what he's doing right now or what he was doing the last few years. He's been he was hurt this season, so I give him a pass on this year. I bet next year he comes out with like a fucking vengeance. By the way, Lakers are the favorite to win the title like early on, day after the uh day after the finals end. Lakers are the favorite to win the NBA championship. I'm excited. I'm excited for LeBron to get another chip next year. Calling it now. Just because. Fuck anybody else that thinks otherwise. Man, I love the NBA. I could talk I could start a whole ass NBA podcast. And just talk about that every week. I might do that eventually. I don't know. We'll see though. Huh. Dude, the NBA. The fucking NBA, man. Alright, I'll be joined with Trenton here in a second. Thank you very much. So here's the deal. Trenton will not be joining me because he already linked up with me. We also have my little brother in the room. We also have my little brother's friend. We were all talking about the NBA Finals. It was all fun and shit, but we had some technical difficulties and that shit was hard as hell to hear. Therefore, you will also not be hearing it. Uh, we will definitely be having some more NBA Finals talk next week just because we missed out on it this week. But uh, you'll have a lot to look forward to there. And uh, also, I'd like to apologize this, uh, apologize if this episode feels a little broken up. You know, it's because it is. Uh, due to the equipment being at my house, uh, me being able to kind of record whenever I want, I took advantage of that. Uh, every... Every segment was recorded in a different day, so if it seems like at the beginning of every segment I'm kind of picking up out of nowhere, it's because I am. And uh, this is the first time I've ever done this solo. I don't think it went that bad. Didn't go great, I know that. But it went good, you know? You know? It went good. That's all, you know? The Penny Bloom Podcast will be next week. And we will have a lot more to talk about. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tavares may or may not be back next week. You'll have to see. We'll be doing a Breaking Bad episode breakdown next week if he is. We'll be doing a lot of different things, you know? The Penny Bloom Podcast, thanks you for coming out. Thank you to everyone who supports us. Thank you to the people in France and the people in UK that are listening to us. We're in Europe. We out here in Europe. All right? People listening to the Penny Bloom Podcast, right? Goddamn right. You know it. So thank you, everybody, for coming out listening. Uh, I know this episode was a little bit hard to get through, but, you know, fuck it. Uh, thank you, Keanu Reeves. Peace, love, and bloom.